0: Hello and welcome to CIO Leadership Live Australia. I'm Cathy O'Sullivan, Editor-in-Chief for CIO and CSO in APAC. My guest today is Suzanne Hall. Suzanne's the Chief Information Officer at BAPT Care. She's also one of our CIO50 alumni, and it's an absolute pleasure to have her on the podcast today. Hello, Suzanne. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Cathy. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Great, great, great to chat to you and find out, first of all, a bit more about BAPS Care. Can you give us a bit of an overview on the organization, I guess its purpose, and what you and your team look after there?
1: So, BAPS Care is a purpose driven, not for profit organization. We provide residential aged care, community aged care, retirement living for older people, as well as support to children, families, people with a disability, financially disadvantaged people and people seeking asylum. We operate across Victoria, South Australia and Tasmania and our purpose is really partnering for fullness of life with people of all ages, cultures, beliefs and circumstances. We currently employ around 3,800 staff. In terms of the IT team, uh, my team looks after digital transformation, cyber security, project delivery, help desk, uh, application and infrastructure support, uh, data and analytics.
0: So, quite quite a big. Uh, Organization there, 3,800 people you mentioned. But from that IT perspective, how do you approach innovation? Especially, you know, there's so many new technologies um, coming about, you know, AI, not a day goes by where AI isn't mentioned. We also see things like IoT and automation. How do you approach innovation?
1: Well, AI, it's great that you mentioned that. AI is a really exciting space for aged care. Uh, There are so many different use cases and opportunities to really improve the life of our residents and clients. Uh, and recently, the CSIRO has actually identified the health, ageing and disability sector uh, as one of the three key areas of AI specialisation for Australian government to invest in, best, uh, based on the opportunities to really solve significant uh, problems. Uh, at Batcare, we look at innovation and, and projects for new technologies, really as part of our continuous improvement journey um, to solve business problems and look at staff pain points to really improve our our staff's uh, work life, uh, but also provide better outcomes for our residents and clients. Uh, We've recently been looking at AIs and kicking off our AI journey. Uh, We've had partnerships with uh, universities and workshops to really explore what would be the best value or, or um, use cases uh, for AI for BAPT care, but we're also looking around the AI guiding principles, governance, and policy frameworks to make sure that any AI technology that we're putting in, uh, we are managing our, our risks and and keeping our staff and data safe um, from that AI.
0: Yeah, absolutely, a very exciting opportunity there, as you mentioned with AI for healthcare. And look at healthcare, Suzanne. You know it. It it does have its own challenges from, you know, many aspects, but when it comes to IT, what do you think are some of the significant challenges for IT leaders such as yourself in the healthcare sector and and how do you address them?
1: So I I really think um, from a healthcare and aged care sector, one of our, a few of our biggest challenges are around technology modernization of legacy platforms. Uh, the workforce and skills shortage that we're seeing in the sector, uh, but also cybersecurity, which is a challenge for all sectors. A few years ago, there was a Royal Commission into aged care. And one of the findings was that there has been underinvestment in technology across the aged care sector for many years. So we're really looking at how can we modernise our technology platforms? How can we improve technology uh, or processes, rationalise our technology systems and remove some of that uh, legacy technology debt and technology is also helping in that workforce space so how can we use our technology more effectively to really reduce the burden on staff but also address some of those workforce challenges.
0: So just broadening that out then, how do you ensure, you know, that those IT initiatives that you, you identify, how do you ensure that they align with your overall, you know, the overall strategic goals and and I guess mission of BAPTCARE?
1: Uh, That's a a really good um, point. So I I think it's really important because there is no coin in doing IT for for IT's sake. Uh, It really does need to align with with your strategic goals as an organisation. At BAPTCARE, we have IT representation at the executive leadership level, which I think is really important. And we have a yearly strategic planning cycle. Uh, from an IT perspective, there is a really big focus on collaboration and communication with our key stakeholders across the organisation and making sure that any technology decision made uh, goes through a, a quite a rigorous governance process at an operational level with a technology uh, review governance committee, but also at the board level with a, a board subcommittee that does focus on transformation and technology. Uh, We also have an enterprise PMO in place uh, and they make sure that they have that enterprise view of all initiatives across the organization.
0: That's really great to hear. And great to hear that, you know, that seat at the table as well at the board level. And look, you mentioned earlier, you know, the challenge of cybersecurity for, um, you know, anyone involved in IT, but particularly when it comes to cybersecurity and healthcare IT, And I know you've got a lot of things to think about there. So how do you ensure, I guess, the overall security, privacy, especially of patient data in your IT systems?
1: Yeah, I I think cyber cyber cybersecurity is really critical across all industries and sectors. Uh, But in health and aged care, it's um, very vital because, as you said, we do collect personal identifiable information and health data on a daily basis. Um, The... Australian Cybersecurity Centre has recently uh, released their report for the last financial year, and it shows there has been a significant increase in cyber incidents over the past 12 months, and our health and aged care sectors continue to be targeted. So at BAPTCARE we look at it as a whole of organisation approach. Um, across people, process, and technology. We have ongoing training, education, and development for staff to really make sure that they are upskilled in this area, both for their work life and their personal life. Uh, and we're continually refining and improving our technology controls. Uh, as, as you know, uh, technology or cybersecurity is not something that you do once as a project, it is a real continuous improvement journey. Uh, to continually improve your controls to make sure that you're um, mitigating against current risk. Uh, Recently, we've done some penetration red team testing to really look at um, identifying where our vulnerabilities are and also assessing our cybersecurity maturity against an industry best practice framework. Um, This has been really critical to help us identify our biggest vulnerabilities and risk areas and really help drive that cybersecurity roadmap.
0: So look, I know cybersecurity and data literacy actually was, was a big focus for you in your previous role as well when you were CIO at Jewish Care. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you implemented there in that regard?
1: Yeah, so at Jewish Care, um, and they are also an aged care service provider, a not-for-profit organisation. Uh, I implemented an organisational-wide digital literacy and cyber security uh, staff training strategy. So this was really in response to increase our staff digital literacy but also protect our um, data as staff are the last line of defence against our cyber cyber attacks. So what the program included, it was really intuitive, easy to understand training modules that were delivered through a mobile app. Uh, They were delivered across a number of different languages, um, which really helped our frontline staff who are quite a culturally diverse workforce. Uh, We provided paid time for our frontline staff to do the training, so it didn't... Um, impact any time that they needed to spend with our clients and our residents. Uh, And we provided uh, monthly phishing um, simulation emails to help staff identify and, uh, um, and practice their training Um, and also regular communication. So weekly emails went out which which, um, showed scams of the week to really help staff look at uh, scams that may be coming through in their personal life and and help them them build that cyber um, awareness. So this program delivered real benefit to staff. It really increased their staff um, technology life skills to help them at work and at home. Uh, We had an 85% completion rate across all staff, so Um, That was very, um, very good. Uh, And we also had a really big reduction in our monthly phishing click rate. So that reduced from 45% down to less than 5%. And it really gave staff confidence that they could recognise and report cyber security risks. And and I think it really uh, reduced risk of human error leading to cyber breach. I think some of the... Really lovely stories that also came out of that uh, training was many of the staff had been upskilling their clients, their family, their friends, and really got engaged with the whole cybersecurity training piece.
0: Great results there and great to see it, you know, as you say, widen out not only from their professional life, but also into their their home life and, and what they're talking about with their clients as well. And great results there. Look, you mentioned earlier about, you know, tech debt and, you know, that also, you know, you're, you're starting out on your AI journey. So as a CIO, how do you balance that need for, you know, Trying to get ahead with cutting edge technology, but also you know, maintaining that existing IT IT infrastructure and systems that you know you I'm sure you have a, a lot still tied up in that. So how do you balance that?
1: Yeah, so Bapcare are a very progressive organization from a, a technology perspective, and we have a really supportive board and CEO who, who really value technology and the outcome um, that it enables. At the moment, uh, investment decisions in new technology are really balanced uh, with our legacy IT systems through a lot of planning and prioritisation to make sure that we're allocating resources and, and budget to the the initiatives that will provide us greatest value across the organisation. And we're really focusing on our enterprise architecture and really making informed decision-making on our technology debt. So if we are increasing technology debt or reducing our technology debt, it is informed decision-making and really putting together that path to modernise our systems and decommission some of our legacy systems uh, our technology governance committee, uh, both at the operational level and the um, board subcommittee level, um, that really drives a lot of those technology decisions to make sure that we are meeting our enterprise architecture design standards, our data and, and security um, standards, but also making sure all our technology decisions and prioritizations are in line with our, our strategies, our business strategies, and also do uh, provide the biggest value to the organization.
0: Now, I've heard the saying that a CIO is only as good as their team. So can you tell us a bit more about, you know, your strategy, Suzanne, when it comes to creating that, you know, really collaborative, productive IT team environment? How do you foster that within Care? So
1: having a a collaborative, um, open, supportive, um, inclusive workplace really does help foster that um, team environment, that positive team culture. And that is really critical to drive success. Um, As you said, a CAO is only as good as the the team um, that they have with them. Um, So that's really been helped with providing that open and regular communication to the team, having celebrations for team achievement. So as a team, we meet on a monthly basis and we really celebrate what the team has achieved individually or as a team uh, throughout the month. Um, also working in the not-for-profit sector, it makes um, it means that every team member has the opportunity to make a difference on a daily basis through the meaningful work that we do and a real defined purpose and shared values in the team. So I think this also helps create that greater sense of engagement and fulfilment um, for staff. We have a uh, quarterly engagement survey, which is a really important tool to help um, get a feeling of staff engagement and staff sentiment in the team. But it's also a great opportunity for staff to provide feedback uh, and for for that feedback to be taken into consideration for the next quarter and really acted upon to make sure that we are moving forward as a team and we are addressing any uh, issues.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, healthcare, it is challenging because obviously, you know, there, there's a lot of competition out there for frontline workers and getting people more into healthcare. But also, you know, we've got the IT skill shortage. It's still a very... Competitive market, although things have slowed down a bit this year. So, when it comes to the IT market, how do you attract people to BAPs Care and retain talent within your IT team?
1: Yeah, so I think being a not for profit organization and a purpose driven organization, we provide really fantastic opportunities for staff to make a real difference in the aged care community and and disability uh, sector and really. Provide positive outcomes to our clients on a daily basis. But Care also has a really strong value proposition. Um, we have really exciting, innovative, uh, and technology investment. Um, some of our technology, I would say, is leading the sector. Uh, and as a not for profit organization, we offer really generous salary packaging, so tax benefits to staff, um, discounted health insurance, um, employee assistance programs and also professional development opportunities. So professional training, external training, on-the-job training, uh, as well as full flexibility and work-life balance. So if anybody uh, is looking for a fantastic place to work, I am actually hiring at the moment. Um, <laughs> so please consider Baptist Care.
0: I love it. I love it. Always use the opportunity, I say, <laughs> Suzanne. Good on you. So, look, you know, it is, a, you work with a, quite a diverse range of, of people within your organization. Obviously, you've got your people in, you know, look, looking after your clients and um, medical staff. So, what kind of communication strategies do you use them when you're trying to bridge that gap between? the technical IT language and I guess the understanding of those non-technical stakeholders within care.
1: Yeah, so um, it's a really good point. I, I think the gap has definitely reduced though as technology becomes more of a, a part of everybody, everybody's personal uh, everyday life. Uh, But from a team perspective, what we try to do is use really clear language and reduce the amount of technical jargon or or specific technical IT language uh, when we talk to our stakeholders. Also tailoring the message to the audience. Um, So depending on the audience and and their exposure to to technology and and IT, really tailoring that message uh, and tailoring it so that we put our customer first and our customer service first. Uh, For a lot of our presentations, we try to use visuals and and graphs and data and drive the message based on our business outcome focus rather than that um, strong technology functional language. Uh, We have a lot of engagement across all levels of staff um, through regular presentations at different forums, uh, collaborations with staff, memberships of different committees across the organisation and being out on site, uh, listening and and talking to different staff members. The other thing that that has just recently kicked off is training for the whole IT team, really around that consultative IT and building those business partnerships, business relationships and trying to reframe the message. So reframing it from moving away from that technical, functional um, messaging to really around that outcome-driven
0: um, messaging. Uh, so that's something that that's working really well as well. I love that. I love that approach and also the fact that, you know, you're really thinking about the visuals as well as, as part of the message because not everyone is, you know, words. <laughs> there are a lot of visual learners out there as well. And um, So look, overall, I guess, Suzanne, I mean, Lots of things going on, you know, technology is changing every day. How do you stay updated when it comes to, you know, emerging technologies, industry trends? What helps you make decisions when you're thinking about the road ahead for BAPS CARES IT initiatives?
1: Yeah, I think it's really getting out there and, and talking to different people, not only within the aged care sector, but across sectors, because there's always learnings. There are always Organisations doing things differently or, or who may be advanced um, in, in different types of technologies. So getting out there and talking to different uh, external stakeholders, um, talking to government, talking to industry. CIO networks within the aged care industry have, have been really uh, valuable. Conferences, um technology research, so we, we do have a technology research partner who provides a, a lot of um, insights and, and learnings from across uh, not only the sector but, but what different uh, companies are doing across uh, the world, um, but also the, the CIO Leadership Live uh, website and podcast series, Cathy.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Suzanne. Glad you find them helpful. <laughs> and I'm sure um, anyone who's listening to this as well will find inspiration from what you're doing at Bapscare and also what you've done as well in your previous role at Jewish Care. So look, you know, not uh, long left in 2023. You know, I can't believe that we're, you know, heading into December already. But as we look ahead to 2024, what's important to you and the BAPS Care team as you head into the new year?
1: Yeah, so we have a really exciting digital uh, platform that's being rolled out at the moment. We've rolled out to to maybe half of our our, um, in-home care staff. So they're the staff that go out into clients' home to help us keep our elderly clients in their home for longer. Uh, It is a really innovative end-to-end platform that helps us provide those services. And it's really simplified a lot of disparate processes and systems to improve our staff experience, which means that our staff can focus on their clients um, rather than the their admin of using different systems. It's also helped us uh, enable workforce optimization um, and, and utilizing our workforce more effectively to help meet our customer needs and provide that better customer experience. So uh, we're rolling that out. As I said, we're about halfway through. Um, we're looking to finish that rollout in early 2024. Also, a really big focus on business intelligence and really trying to mature our business intelligence, data, uh, reports, insights and dashboards to really start using data more as a valuable asset and and really help improve our decision making. Uh, And of course, cybersecurity, we've spoken about today, that is an ongoing journey and an ongoing focus uh, for the team.
0: Absolutely. You can never sleep when it comes to cybersecurity. Well, lots on your plate for 2024. Looking forward to hearing about how the rest of the um, that rollout goes and sounds like a really valuable program for for your clients and, and your staff. Suzanne Hall, Chief Information Officer at Care. thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Cathy.